world's greatest wilderness. No, 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 no. We are not just documentaries narrated by old British men. We will not be summarized to our national parks or our tragedies. We are not caricatures of emotionless characters. We might laugh, but we are definitely not a joke. Our dreams are valid. Our hopes are valid. And we will change because we must. This is a compilation of our tales, our conflicts, our challenges, our solutions, our means, our hopes, our cultures, our futures, and our lives. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. to Pod Save Africa. This is your host, Akandi Adirili. And um, today I have a wonderful guest with me. His name is Odes. He's going to tell you a little bit more about himself. Uh, Odes, how about you tell my listeners uh, one or two things about yourself? Sure. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Odas Nakeshmana, and uh, I'm a student. I'm a Rwandan student here in the U.S. I study computer science and economics at MIT, and I'm so glad to be here today. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. I'm still struggling with your day. Like the way I, when I look at it, 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 the way it interprets in my brain, my English speaking brain is very different from how you pronounce it. So I apologize if I mispronounce it during the uh, proceedings sure of this. Sure. Okay. All right, Mister. So how do you pronounce your, your last name again? That's Nakashimana, uh, right? Nakashimana. Yes, Nakashimana. In, in Nakesh- it's, it's like but. Usually, if you speak English, it's like Nakeshimana sounds is also acceptable. So you know. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, Mr. Nakeshimana. Uh, let's let's talk about. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get right into it. Um, <laughs> you know, let's talk about your president. Easily and by all accounts and measures, by far the highest achiever in the class of African presidents that uh, are currently in office, um, definitely uh, has the most to speak of as far as growth, uh, economic development, and almost all of the indicators for a successful uh, country. Uh, but, but, but he's, uh, you know, he's been in the news lately because of the most recent election. So how about you just give me a background of, you know, personally from your own perspective, what you uh, think about his performance so far? say I'm so proud of what we've we Rwandans have been able to accomplish with the president so far and yeah I think the, there's a, a lot has changed if you look like from like 20 years ago and mm-hmm. try to look at the progress that we've made it's it's been a lot it's been a very long journey because of the transition between like genocide and mm-hmm what was happening between like before like 2000 and then like if you go from like 2003 where uh, until like 2000 until today it's it's right. been great progress and i'm so glad it happened so and it, it can't have been easy right like i imagine going from pretty much a brutally divided country to where you guys are now you know how do you describe that process i'd say it's been 
Uh, it's been controversial, but also it's been worth it. I, I think. Okay. Like all the pain, there there've been some pain, and there've been some. There are a lot of success stories too, but it all comes to also some sacrifices that people mm-hmm. make and some things that may we we have to accept that are not perfect, but hmm. we just yeah. All right. So, so now speaking about things that perhaps are perceived as not to be perfect, um, in, in perhaps Western democracies, and and I hate to, you know, one of the things I, I try to keep as a theme is to make sure that we as Africans are doing whatever works for us at the end of the day. Um, but you know, Rwanda in its leadership so far has an unusual trend uh, one that has caused that has i guess ruffled feathers for everybody else looking from the outside but you know president kagami seems to have pretty much unwavering support from his people how can why why is that the case i think it's the case first because people love the president and people love their country okay so i think so in rwanda it's it's not a surprise and it all comes very natural to us because so many people people know the value of what what we have been able to achieve and they know where we came from so so people people random people are not surprised but mm-hmm. looking at it from like the western perspective i'd say it's unusual because you know there is this convention that has been there and Rwanda seems to be different, you know, so yeah. I guess that, that I can see where that comes from, yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, you had elections recently. Would you say that there's any... I, I imagine that that must be a very strange cli- climate for an opposition party to run in. Like you know, if everybody loves the president, why does there? Why does it, an opposition really exist? But there, there were some a small, but you know, presence opposition. Do you know much about them? Yeah, I think so. so for the first thing to be clear is that you don't have to oppose always to oppose the views with the the other candidates to run for president. You right. know, so that's true. So that it doesn't even. If I wanted to run the president, I would still run. So it doesn't mean that I think the opposite. So I, I'm so glad that there are other candidates who are bold enough to take the chances. You know, if okay. I think it's a, it's about self-expression, and I think everyone has different things they want to accomplish with the mm. country. So right. I, I think it, it shouldn't be in the sense that people don't think they way to people don't want development it doesn't yeah. mean that people oppose to run for president so yeah I, I, I completely agree and so and what you're saying pretty much is that they don't necessarily they just have different ideas for how good things can happen but they still want good things to happen generally right yep 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 great, great. and um and you know one of the questions that always cycles back and it's a question that a lot of our african countries are going to have to think very carefully about in the next couple of years and decades is that you know what how do we decide how long is a good enough time for a leader to be in office right um you know that's right we've been 
essentially cookie cut into the Western idea that, oh, you know, do your four years and be going. But, you know, we clearly have often have very different challenges and there are very different strategies and means from Western yeah. countries. Um, Rwanda seems to be bucking that trend. How, how would you say that's perceived so far from, from other people and, and how do Rwandas feel about that perception? Uh, yeah, so I think so, so th- there are ways. So there is the way the Western world works, mm-hmm. and then there comes a way that the the Rwandan world works. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's all about doing what works for us. But if you look at it from like the way like democracy is defined, of course there are gonna be some. We're gonna have some discussions to be able to understand. Because you would you would believe that the Africa or like the that's not democracy. That's what like the Western definition of democracy would tell you. Huh. But again, I think it, I think I think it all comes to exceptions and understanding in what context people are doing things. So right. like in Rwanda, if people want to, if people support the president and they think they should stay. As long as there are there are the constitution that's defined that describes what for how long the president is going to be there, mm-hmm. so I think that'll be fine as long as the we know what's going on. As long as the the law is that, and he doesn't make the law. This people make the, the law. The Rwandans make the law. So right. if the law that I think should be there, yeah, should happen. Right. So, so despite the length of the term, there's still a significant level of accountability because the laws he's working within the permissions of the laws that the Rwandan people have created. Yep, yep. The Rwandan people. So we, if 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 something has to change in the constitution, mm-hmm. there always comes like people have to vote for that, and right. yeah. But it's not like he, the president, can makes the law the law is made by the citizens who choose to do what's right for them and I think that's what Rwanda did yeah. and what, yeah. that's what we're gonna do tomorrow after tomorrow so. right right and yeah. and, and uh, you know even even then do you think that that you know perhaps and it's something that perhaps people who are in leadership people considering leadership people even just looking at leadership from afar, um, one of the quick key questions is always succession. Like, you know, how how well are you doing your job if you haven't prepared somebody else to do it at least as well as you are doing it after you? Does that make sense? Yeah, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say there are not other people who are prepared to do the job. Mm-hmm. There are definitely a lot of people are doing interesting things. Like so many interesting things so if, if you look at what's happening in Rwanda Rwandan in private sector so many Rwandans lead companies start mm. very successful companies and are doing different interesting work in education right. technology so I I wouldn't agree with the idea that we Rwanda is not preparing other people to be successful in any mm. field right. yeah so yeah and I, I, yeah, I would say for even for the being the president, mm-hmm. no one goes to school for being the president. That's true. So I think it all happens on who runs and who do people want. You know, if you're promising enough and you're the best candidate, people are gonna vote for you. So yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And um, 
do you think that I, I guess an- another question especially for us African countries too is that our leaders are creating institutions and systems that outlast them or even us really um, you know do you think that's 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 the case in, in Rwanda can you repeat the question uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm simply asking if are the you feel like the leaders in Rwanda currently are creating systems and institutions that outlast them? You know, how do they make sure things continue to go well beyond nice. their lifespan, even? Yeah. So yeah. So I'd say, I'd say, I'd say the leadership has done a great job, but still, there is a difference between what like you can accomplish in Africa and what you can accomplish in the West because there comes like economic constraints or like people not being like a majority of people not having gone to school things like that so yeah. every goal that you're gonna set is gonna come with a lot of challenges but I wouldn't I'd not say that we're doing they're doing the job perfectly but I think they're doing all they can today to like come with initiatives that support all people and that emphasize equality and democracy and I think if that's there we're gonna also achieve other things yeah I see fantastic and and is there is there you know are, are there things that are that are indicative for example you know what would you say are the best things that the Rwandan government is currently doing what are those things that are really really driving progress if you were to just highlight a few of those initiatives. So I'll, I'll talk from my experience. Okay. So the first thing that I'm grateful for is uh, the healthcare system, like the universal insurance coverage for all citizens. Oh, wow. You have single payer insurance in Rwanda? So we have, so by universal, I mean that everyone who wants to be part of that can be part of that. Mm-hmm. So but every citizen can, there is like a, an insurance uh, that c- can cover everyone who wants to join. And wow. if you don't have enough money because you don't make that money, the government pays that for you. And if you make more, then you, you can also, there's a way that you can get to pay more to like get to cover everyone else. So mm. I think that that has been a great deal because it has improved like, the, the child mortality and a lot of other things like the government takes care of like HIV positive patients things like wow. that and I think that that really matters a lot because like that recognizes people in different economic classes and mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing and the second thing is the education for everyone like the public education system. I, I think the fact that the public education system also covers everyone and everyone can go to elementary school mm-hmm. without paying anything. I, I would say that, 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 that that's very basic, but that, that has changed a lot of people's lives and nice. I'm so grateful for that, yeah. That's phenomenal. And, uh, and what else would you add to that, those two things, healthcare and education as far as, as far as yeah innovations that they've made to give people, you know, a better yeah. life. Yeah, so I would say like the support of like technology, mm. like adoption of ICT based like making an ICT based economy, a knowledge based economy, I think that has 
that has transformed everything, including healthcare and education. So the fact that the government provides resources for like technology initiatives. Uh, when I was in Rwanda, I was part of K Lab, which is like an innovation hub that brings IT entrepreneurs together and mm-hmm. gives them like resources and get to work together and get mentorship to like start their startups and their business ideas and having been there realized it has made so many changes seeing people innovate like apps for like healthcare or fashion yeah it's yeah i would say yeah those are all great things and that's just one a few things but definitely i would say the way the runner is organized i would say it's it's been super exciting and amazing and and since we're on the, the topic of all the phenomenal things going on in Rwanda, if you were to give, and this is hard to do for African countries, but if you were to tell the presidents of the other African countries that there's one thing that they should try and emulate from the Rwandan government, what, what would that thing be? Uh, I mean, I would say, I would say everything. Everything. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that, that would not be like the most... <laughs> practical thing but what i would say is understanding people's voices hmm. is yeah is like when the when the government is does not work with the citizens there comes that divide and i think when the government understand what what people need and the government works with people to make people's goals achievable that's really what matters and mm. if that happens then that's gonna everything else is gonna come from that of course so i see that, i see all right now on the other hand of the coin what do you think could be done even better you mean in rwanda or yes in, my... in rwanda specifically i mean there are definitely a lot of things that i i mean uh yeah i'll not say a lot of things i guess but i think yeah, I think there's, depending on like where you look at, I think, I think, yeah, I think we, people, the government should be, should do a better job like being more like people understanding really like what's, expe- I, would, I was going to say what's expected from them, but I would say like, being very open, I think. So I mm-hmm. think, I think the, the the amount of information that people have can have about what's going on, mm-hmm. especially in like the government, the higher government. I would say mm-hmm. it's not enough from my experience. So okay. I think, I think we should we should still do a, a better job in knowing like what are these initiatives, how are these like. What are we doing? I, I think the government still does a better job than most African mm-hmm. countries, but in my opinion, it I could think still be better. Yeah, we should do a lot. We can do a lot in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then f- for you personally, um, giving uh, you haven't come here for um, you know, education. Uh, I'm assuming. Would I be correct if I assume that you at some point want to contribute or go back to Rwanda? I think so. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the dream, I would say. Okay. Not okay. the dream. That's the plan. That's the plan. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. And uh, you know, do you have any ideas for ways you hope to contribute? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, 
there are a lot of things I think I wanna do personally. I okay. I think in, in like ten years I, I wanna I wanna start my a company in our, in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. I think a pro a technology company hopefully, and I I think that's there are so many ways that that I can help. I don't know exactly what I'm gonna be doing, but mm-hmm. I think in one way or another I I, I think I, w- I would love to to contribute a lot to the development of the country and the continent and yeah I can I, I hopefully I'm gonna reach there I guess this is still soon to know Fair enough. yeah well um, and then you know thank you and and my final question and it's a question I love to ask all of my I guess is what are you optimistic about with regards to your country the future of the leadership as well um, just just generally what what gives you hope what makes you excited about the future with regards to your country and, and even the wider continent yeah so i'd say i'd say the progress i'm a pro- optimistic of the progress that's gonna happen in africa mm-hmm. like where we're going to go from you know so if you look at the way usually development and civilization has grown in the past it was not possible because there was no technology so it mm-hmm. would take like months to come from one place to another right. and to send a letter would take you like sometimes six months and sometimes forever you know mm-hmm. but i think so africa has been left behind but i think if you look at what's happening today it gives you hope that in the next 30 50 years mm-hmm. There is more. It's more likely that it's not Africa is not gonna be very different from any other like developed developed country or continent. So yeah. that's that's the thing I'm optimistic about. I think if we do good, if we do well enough, I think we sh- in fifth, in thirty years we should we should beat this almost the same level as a developed country. And I I think that I've seen. I can see that coming. So yeah. Okay, fantastic. It's it's nice to see so optimistic. Well. Well, thank you so much uh, for giving me some of your time, uh, Mr. Nakashimana. I really appreciate it. The reason why I keep saying your last name is because for some odd reason, I find I'm more comfortable saying that than your first name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's nice. Well, uh, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, This has been Akandia Adirili. And... That's Nakishimana. Oh, okay, Alright, I think I got it right now the the, the last time. Uh, thank you so much. Um, to all my listeners, uh, please like, share, subscribe. Um, let me know if you enjoyed the episode. You can always reach out to me at podsaveafrica at gmail.com. I really appreciate your listening. Uh, don't forget to give me a rating on iTunes. Thank you very much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Nati nati bongo, shana na shana na